Another part that I really appreciated was when Claire was talking about how you cannot control your child. And if you listen to that part, she was referring to things like when we say stop hitting Mm. or don't throw that toy. You cannot draw on the wall. And that is honestly 100% my first reaction. When I see someone hitting, my first reaction is to say stop hitting. And instead using language of, okay, you see what the situation is, you become aware, and then you act as their helper. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. So we're doing something a little bit different this week. If you listened to last week's episode with Claire Lerner, you know that we just went into so much detail on kiddos who are big reactors. So think about these kiddos as the ones where the deep breaths just simply don't work. It's harder to you know calm them down in the really tough situations. The things that the scripts say and that the discipline experts say, they just don't work as well. And maybe you have other kiddos that you know those things do work, but then you have one child that things are just a little bit harder. Or, as we're learning, they just need to be treated in a different way. They just need to be disciplined and comforted in a slightly different way. So today, Amy and I are going to jump on the mics and talk through just really what we learned from Claire, how Mm -hmm. we're implementing it into our life, and just some of the backup stories. It it was an awesome interview. It went went almost the full hour, but knowing also that um, there's a lot more behind the scenes that Amy and I have in our own households. One thing that I picked up on right away is that she was naming off some of the things that we need to think about when we think about this particular kiddo. And think about this in your life. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's a sister or a brother's child. Maybe it's a child at daycare. I feel like there's adults that honestly, you're like, okay, this is a very reactionary person. You know what I mean? Those maybe are the kids that didn't have the parent to get the tool to learn how to handle big reactions. And we're so fortunate to be in a culture right now where we're learning that some kids just need something different, where we maybe didn't have that growing up. So one of the first things she said that just, I mean, I've been thinking about this so much since we recorded that episode is your child isn't trying to cause a challenge. Like sometimes when our big reactor overreacts, I'm like, why, why is he doing that? Why, why is this happening right now? Why, why is this going on? None of our other kids would do this. And I just get so frustrated. I think Mm -hmm. that he's like, has this vendetta against us. And obviously when you take a step back, you know that they're just trying to react in the way that their own body reacts. They're just more sensitive. They're just more empathetic. They just look at the world a little bit differently and seeing that side of it just opened my heart to our big reactor. And it's like the baseline, right? Like it's the baseline of where all of these problems started to come from. Mm. Yeah, I think that the the main takeaway that I had, which goes right along with yours, is that each child might need different things. So time and time again, we've learned that comparing against your sister's children, comparing against your friend's children, comparing against your own children that are their siblings, does it doesn't matter. It does not help the situation. And I think that we get really convinced that if we have this one way of parenting and we've researched it and we've learned from the experts and we've listened to the herself episode, that's the way 
the truth and the light of your parenting. And it's like, no, what I've learned is that our big reactor needs different things than his brother's. And it can be really challenging because sometimes that looks like more time. One thing that was really interesting during the conversation that was coming to my head is that our big reactor, he needs much more praise, Mm -hmm. which is in, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, okay, I'm giving you more time. I'm giving you more praise and you're still the one that's prone to this bigger reaction. So I think as parents, to Abby's point, we can feel a little bit frustrated of like, you know, you feel like you're giving and giving and giving. And one thing that Abby and I were talking about when we were preparing for this episode is that we did want to bring light to the idea that both of our big reactors are four going on five, five now for me. And I just want people to know that it has gotten so much better. So I think when we think of these kiddos, people that don't have one can think, wait, how is he going to function in the world? How is he going to go to kindergarten with these huge reactions, etc.? But it's really the idea that it just took me as his parent and him as a person longer to learn what coping strategies really worked for him. It was a blind spot for me. It was honestly a blind spot for me. I did not know that children might need to be individually parented and they might have different needs than their siblings. Like that was a huge lesson in my life. And the idea that I wish, and you heard me in the episode, I got very emotional. That was me thinking back to two years ago, you know, when he's two or three and I'm like, wait, why isn't any of this working? And there were way more big feelings and big tantrums than there are now. Now it's almost becoming rare. It still is more charged than his brother's. When she talks about that red zone, unless you've experienced it, you don't get it. But it's you can. There's this look on their face where you can tell they are, they're like almost not even in their body anymore. Like their body's so activated, and it's just this look they get. So that's happening much, much more rarely. So anyone that's coming behind us, I just wanted to say it. this doesn't necessarily last forever. It spreads out. It gets better. But you heard my tears thinking about how hard this has been. And also thinking back to age two, then three, then four, yes. then almost five. Like It has been a journey. It's been a really long journey. And I wish I had this episode back when our big reactors were two or three, because I think that we could have used some of those strategies and it just would have, it would have not like it would have, you know, pixied us and all of a sudden everything was perfect, but I think it would have helped us be more confident in our parenting because just when things don't work, how frustrating is that? And you even mentioned in the episode how isolating it felt when you see everyone on the outside it working or when you're working with another one of your children and it does work and you're like, what is going on? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with my child? And that's not the point of it. Yeah. Drew would say, like, do we need to take him to the pediatrician? Like, we just had Mm -hmm. no, it was so out because people don't talk about this. You know, there's some, there's some ego involved. There's some shame involved. There's, and it's just, Abby and I just feel so confident to be able to be like, wait, this happened to me. This happened to you. Here's an expert talking about how it's happening to thousands, if not millions of parents. Like, it's not 
us. I think as parents, we just, like I said in the episode, we take it as such a a defect of our parenting or a defect of our personality or a defect of the kid's personality, which is totally unfair. We're just all wired in a certain way. And as parents, it's really important for us to kind of crack the code and figure out. And I've said this, if you listen back to our episodes, it's like, this has been a journey. I've been talking about this for so long. It's not like this just came about in my life. This has been years of my life saying, no, this is a little bit different. This is a little bit challenging because everything I'm seeing isn't working. Another part that I really appreciated was when Claire was talking about how you cannot control your child. And if you listen to that part, she was referring to things like when we say stop hitting Mm. or don't throw that toy. You cannot draw on the wall. And that is honestly 100% my first reaction. When I see someone hitting, my first reaction is to say stop hitting. And instead using language of, okay, you see what the situation is, you become aware, and then you act as their helper. So that was a very interesting word. I was like, okay, is that going to really work? Like acting as their helper. Like instead of saying to stop something, instead coming alongside them as a companion almost and supporting their journey instead of stopping what they're doing. Because like Amy has been saying with that scene read, you know it. Like they can't look at you straight. They're breathing so heavily. Their body is as everywhere. They can't hear you. What you're saying, they can't even hear you in those in those points in time. And just this morning, so we, we recorded the episode and just this morning, our big reactor was having a big reaction this morning. Loves walking in his sibling to the bus stop. He woke up late, wasn't able to do it. Ran outside, literally in his underwear saying, dad, wait for me, dad, wait for me. Started freaking out, was like grabbing stuff, started throwing things. And I just used that word. I said, you know what? They're already at the bus stop, but you know what? I can come upstairs and be your helper. Let's go get some clothes on. And it was so simple. And not that it's going to automatically work every mm-hmm. single time, but it worked this morning. Like Walked right up the stairs, walked right into the room, able to get the clothes on, able to bring the situation down just enough to do the thing that we needed to do next, which was simply getting clothes on. And I think that's another big thing is that it's these little things in our day that it just keeps on happening on with big reactions. It's not the big things. Those two happen too. But when you're trying to get out the door, or when you're trying to get packed up, or when you're at a birthday party, or when you're you know, trying to walk into daycare and those big reactions happen, that's when it can be so frustrating for parents. And I think using just small changes in our parenting tactics can make really big changes long-term. And now a break from our sponsor, Rothy's. So right now we're heading into the holiday season and we all know that no outfit is complete without a great pair of shoes. Whether it's a dressy outfit or something cozy, Rothy's has something for everyone. And this includes gift giving. So if you are trying to find a gift for someone who's maybe a little picky, but loves comfort, durability, and of course style, you know that Rothy's is going to be the perfect gift for under the tree. They also are designed with a planet in mind. I love how they are all sustainably made and their signature thread is repurposed from single-use plastic water bottles. How neat is that? And if you don't know someone's shoe size, Rothy's makes it easy with versatile bags and accessories that run from pocket size all the way to tote size. I know we talk about the comfort of Rothy's often, but as soon as you slip them on, they are so comfortable. And Amy and I love them because you can wash them in the washing machine. They look great wear after wear and wash after wash. So this holiday season, get $20 off your first purchase by going to rothys.com slash herself. Again, that's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash herself to get yourself a gift or for somebody you love. And now back to our show. Yeah, one thing that's been really interesting for us is our 
big reactor, he acts so fast. So he gets really mad and he'll like hit his brother before you could ever, ever stop it. And so that's what we run into in our family. So if you're listening and you're like, he's reacted before I can do that. I totally get that. What I have found that works really well with them is taking them out of the situation. It's, do you want to go do this? Do you, could we instead figure out a way to get this energy out? Whatever it is, the redirection I have found works Mm -hmm. so well because you're right. We can't just, if you keep saying the same thing, it's like, it just does not work for these kids, but rather figuring out what is their need and trying to redirect. I feel like if you put space between them and the sibling or them and the friend that they're having trouble with, I have found that that is very, very helpful because it just takes them a while longer than other kids, I think, to patch something up. Sometimes they need to go away so they can reset because otherwise they stay in that like red zone of they're just so focused on whatever just happened because a lot of times they are reacting to something that someone did to them. Yes. Their Mm -hmm. reaction is just stronger and it lasts longer. And so they're really keyed in on, nope, my brother just did that to me. My brother just did that to me. My brother just did that to me. And you have to take them out of the situation the best that you can in order to help them reset. And then five, 10 minutes later, they come back and act like nothing happened. And you're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, but that's what they need. Like simply put, Claire's you know, shining a light on, nope, they actually needed that time. And those might start off as 30 or 40 minutes of away time and then getting closer to the five to 10 minutes. So if you're there right now and they are overreacting and still for such a long time, it's gotten easier. Like it has gotten easier for both of us. Those segments have gotten shorter and there's just has been less of them, which feels really good. It's the boundary too, right? She had talked about the boundaries that we're setting. So when we say no hitting, stop throwing, don't write on the wall. It's giving a no and there's not a replacement yes. So instead saying, would you like to go over here or let's play with this instead? It gives them a yes, which is so much easier for, I mean, all of our brains to think of when you have something good or positive Mm -hmm. to go after. I think another huge fear, and we didn't talk about this. I wish we would have had time to talk about this with Claire. I think a huge fear for parents is that their siblings are going to start doing what they do. Like they're going to learn, oh, look at his huge reaction. But it's like, it doesn't, in my experience, it hasn't happened. They just are not built the same. They just do not have that, whatever flip this is, whatever, you know, circuit this is in their brain where they have the big reactions. It doesn't like rub off on their sibling. Like I think they're just, that's where you're looking and you're like, these are two different people. These are three different people. So I think just to put your mind at ease of if this kiddo needs to be parented differently, the siblings aren't going to, they can see what's happening. Like our kids see it and they can see, okay, he needs mom right now. You know, that being said, like I said in the interview, one challenge that we've really come to in our family is balancing the needs of the family. 
So we talk about kids need different things and say you have a couple kiddos, it can be really challenging if one of them needs more time. Maybe like us, you guys have a big reactor. Maybe you have something else going on where, you know, a new baby came into the family and now the toddler is having reactions right now and needs more one-on-one time. I think the hard part about being a parent is that sometimes you can be You can feel really spread thin because the truth of the matter is there are seasons where you just are, you know, and I was talking in the episode, we look at our weekends and we're thinking, okay, is this too full for this kiddo? Because we know that if he's constantly around other people and we're going from thing to thing, and sometimes that's sacrifice as parents, we want to do those things. And sometimes we go ahead and do them. I'm not saying we always are like, oh, we can't do that. We just have an eye on it in a way of trying to be really helpful to him and what he needs. And as parents, we already sacrifice so much. So that extra sacrifice of like, okay, I'll be the one that leaves the party, you know, is hard and it is challenging and it's further isolating. You know, I'm already feeling alone and that I have this big reaction to deal with in front of all of you. And then I also have to leave the party for 30 minutes. I just got there. I was telling Abby, the really hard thing for me as a mom is that constantly from my in-laws, Abby has said it, Drew says it all the time, just all these people in my life always say he was fine until you got there. And we know from every expert, yep, we get it. We're the safe person that they're going to display their emotions in front of us. We're the person they needed. Like he, he probably was holding it in. He needed me when I got there. But that doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it's without sacrifice. That doesn't mean that then in your partnership, it can be hard because Drew isn't quite as patient or doesn't you know, think he doesn't always think like, oh, here we need some distraction. Like he can go back to those like discipline, more normal disciplines, like a holding him for a timeout or something. So there are a lot of challenges. Like it's more, it's more complex, more dynamic. And I like to give a voice to that because like I said in the interview and like I was crying about, I was feeling so isolated. And then I learned, okay, I am not alone in this at all. And we hear it in our DMs often. Once once you start to bring up these situations, all of a sudden people are saying, yes, oh my gosh, me too. I'm so glad you're talking about that. And the same thing goes if you're the one who's doing like daycare pickup and daycare drop off, or if you're the one going to the birthday party and you're seeing these big reactions and then all of a sudden your partner does the same thing and he or she will be like, oh, are you kidding? This is a piece of cake. Like this is easy. I don't, I don't know why you make such a big deal about this all the time. It's like that doesn't feel good because <laughs> yes, you know you're their safe place. And also you don't want your partner to be dealing with crap all the time, but you also want them to know that it's really, really hard yeah. when they're with you. It's really hard. You just don't see it because you're not in that situation. What Abby and I were talking about before we recorded is for both of us, we have found that these kiddos, they just need, like Claire was talking about, there's patterns that they need. And if their pattern, if their normal is disrupted, that can be really triggering to them. So both of us have found out, like I never, never do 
daycare drop-off in the morning, it's always Drew's role. But one time we had a sick kiddo and so I was in charge of drop-off. I was happy to do that, but I forgot to wave. Like Drew has this thing where he goes out to his car and the kids can see from the window him leaving and he always waves. And all I did is I forgot to wave. And then it was, you know, the teacher texting me that, you know, he's having this enormous reaction because I forgot to wave. And it sounds so small. And I'm sure some of you are like, okay, he's got to get over it. That's fine. I understand that perspective. And I wish that I would have remembered to just set him up for success in his day. And I know the same thing just happened to you and Colin because Colin forgot to do something that you always do. Yeah. And that was right before the Claire interview. So it would have been interesting to have the interview and have been talking to with him about that because now we know that with our big reactor, it is the situation. He likes things in order routine. And if things go off routine, that's when big reactions start to happen. So for instance, being brought out to the bus stop, if you know if he doesn't get to go out to the bus stop, then it's a really big reaction. But yeah, Colin, Colin dropped off and he's been starting to do that a little bit more, but didn't drop off, you know, our two kids in the exact right order. And our big reactor thought that he had left and had gone for the day and ran into the street. And our daycare is on a really busy street. So the daycare professionals were freaking out. Um, you know, Colin was looking for him and it was a really, really scary situation happening at 7.15 in the yeah. morning. And it sets the entire day up that way too. So our big reactor was like thinking about that, had a little bit of a harder morning. Um, by the afternoon, things had gotten a little bit easier, but it was a really scary start to the day because one thing was changed. Yeah. And when I'm hearing this, it's like, you have to understand, like we've been saying is they do learn new coping skills. This doesn't mean that Abby and I are going to send out people into the world that need (laughs) things exactly a certain way, or they freak out. That's not the point, but it's like, what can we do if we know that these kiddos are already dealing with so much? How can we really help them set them up for success as we work on, okay, you know, the order is unfortunately not always going to be able to go the same way. They're going to learn skills, as are we, to figure that out as it comes. But at this moment, having a pattern that we can do in the morning is just really helpful to the whole family. Yeah, and to go on with that, I mean, we both got emotional during it. We both had tears in our eyes during it. You could hear it in our voices during it. And one time she was bringing up all the different things that can throw people off, that can throw little kids off, that can throw adults off, but we just can't react in that way. So we hold it in a little bit, but she was bringing up, you know, maybe you move, maybe you have a new daycare Mm. person. Maybe mom is traveling again. In our case, dad was traveling again because of the pandemic. Maybe a dog dies. All of that happened for us within like a six week period of time. And I was, I mean, I, my health conditions started to get really, really bad from it because I was probably more internalizing it. and wasn't able to have those big reactions. And it was hard to look at my, at our children because one of them had no issues at all, just seamless change. One, it took a week or two. And then one, it just it stayed around for a really long time. You know, things like wetting the bed longer, having those big reactions, you know, throwing things more, getting more aggressive, saying scary things. And as Claire was bringing up all those pieces, I'm like, oh my gosh, our world literally was turned upside down a year ago. We had so many changes a year ago. And I just hadn't even thought about those things as being catastrophic big events because we were all going through them. But just because we're all going through them doesn't mean that we're reacting to all of them the same, just like we've been saying throughout the episode. 
And now a quick break from our longtime sponsor, BetterHelp. One of the things that we are talking about in this episode is how demanding a big reactor can be on the parents. I know when I was going through this, this was something that I shared and needed help with from my therapist. Just understanding my needs as a mother, being the one that was always helping our son that had the bigger reactions, it was demanding. Sometimes we need an outside person to be able to help us navigate through that. You know, we talked about what I needed, how I could get help for myself when we were going through that really, really hard season of parenting. A better help counselor is going to be able to help you through something like this. So you can go to betterhelp.com backslash herself. That's better, H-E-L-P.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. And you can join the over 2 million people that use their services, including Abby and I. And now back to our show. I like the idea to you bringing that up. It's like some people... Their kids, even if they don't have this personality, they will go through streaks of this when there are huge changes. So I love that people can take away from these episodes like, okay, yeah, my kiddo doesn't really run at that temperament, but when we bring the baby home, we've got some tools in our toolbox to use. When we move into a new house, we've got some tools in our toolbox. Like I think that there's always situational things that change inside of families. You, When you go to the pediatrician, those are on the form. Have you guys had any big changes? So sometimes we don't think as adults, when we move, we have so much to deal with. The closing, the, you know, pre-approval, this, that, the packing, everything, but we don't understand that even though the kids don't have all of that, you're literally changing their whole world, their environment. You know, she's talking about they're sensitive to their environments in a way we all are, you know, so just the idea that there's going to be a lot in these episodes, even if your kid's temperament isn't exactly like this, but you have some big changes coming up. I was just looking at my memory app because we moved literally exactly a year ago, right this week. And we were showing the kids their rooms that we had created and we got new rooms. So new stuff on the walls, new bedspreads, new rugs, all these fun things. And we were really excited about the rooms and two of our kiddos, well, I mean, Owen doesn't really know very much about about anything, but some of our kiddos like loved walking into their room, got really excited. And our bigger actor was like, where's my, where's my sheets? Like, where's my sheets? And we actually, it's funny because I didn't even think about that until this conversation right now. We took off the new, the new stuff and put back on his dinosaur stuff because it was just the one thing that helped him feel more at home, um, helped him feel more like that was his safe spot. That was his room. Yeah, something like sheets, you guys. Like these little, little things can be such big deals for, for our kiddos. The thing that Claire, if you listen to Claire's episode, and then if you're really interested in this, you go back and you listen to on Raising Good Humans podcast, her two episodes with Aliza Pressman. Those were really, really helpful to me. And one thing that kept coming into the conversation is that there's nothing wrong with these scripts that we're being taught or like these ways to deal with kids' big reactions that we're being taught. And what we're coming forth and saying is for these kids, these don't work. And so we are always thinking there just has to be some nuance to the way that parenting information is being taught. 
And I know it's hard and that, you know, there's an exception for everything, but I think there's more of these kiddos than we're being taught about. And so when I, I was on one of the really big discipline accounts and there was a question about timeouts and they just kind of said, absolutely never. And I was like, that is so messed up. Like now hearing from Claire who has decades and decades, 30 years of experience working right with kids and their parents on these big reactions. And she's saying, no, we actually came up with this concept where there can be a safe space. And that, and like Abby and I are saying, from our experience, a few years with just one kid, having to take them out of a situation to help them reset. It's like, it's a really good idea to me to make his bedroom into a place where we say, okay, nope, let's go up here and let's reset. And I actually honestly do say you cannot hit your brothers. And so I'm, I'm going to have to take you out of this situation. So I, I take bits and pieces from everyone's parenting advice, but I'm like, I think it's right to tell them you well, can't. It's also hit. coming alongside them. Yes. So like that's the whole point of yes. it. It's not saying the same thing over and over again of stop hitting, yes. stop hitting, exactly. stop hitting. It's, that's, it's the follow-up of coming yes. alongside yep. them and supporting them. Mm-hmm. This seems like this is overwhelming for you right now. I'm going to come with you. And so I love that she opened that conversation up because I think when you have these kiddos, you're like, wait, what am I supposed to do? You're telling me no time out, no this, no that, say this, and none of it works. So where are we left with, you know? So I loved that she said that because I think when you're getting the the bigger accounts, they're kind of talking about the kids that have a more typical temperament. And I love that we're opening up this conversation of, okay, well, that's not everyone's temperament and we need some tools that are actually going to work for us. And it's looking at how we and our parents did timeouts where I was sitting in a corner with soap in my mouth. Oh my god! And gosh. like sitting there, you know, like <laughs> when I was like really, really naughty, like sitting in a corner by myself while my brother was getting taken care of because I probably, well, I gave him four sets of stitches before he turned four years old. So okay. I was very naughty for a for a very short period of time, but very, very naughty. But that's what I think of. And I think that that's what they think of as well. Cause Claire even brought that up of just like the, go to your room, think about what you just did. Don't come down until you're better kind of a deal. And then hours go past. Like that's not the time out that it's we're talking so about. It's so interesting though, because like everyone is just so different. And so when we're giving general information, it's so interesting. Cause I do, Claire said, you know, that one we know doesn't work. And I don't want to be devil's advocate, but my parents did that. And I really would just go in there. First, I would be really mad. I think age appropriate, though. I think I was a little bit older. older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was older. Mm -hmm. I'd go in there. I would think about what I did. And then I would start to feel sorry. (laughs) The remorse came. Yes. And then I would be like, shoot, like that was, yeah, that was me. And I shouldn't have done that. And they didn't make me stay in there for any crazy amount of time or anything like that. It was just kind of like a quick, like, okay, wow, I did react too big or I said something. One time I said a word, I didn't even know what it meant. You know, (laughs) you're just trying, trying it on. (laughs) So it's like, okay, yeah. Okay. Age appropriate. It, it really usually doesn't work to have them by themselves. What can we do? And with that big reactor, a lot of times we have found we do have to be with him because he'll go into a room and like throw things and it's 
bad. You guys, like it'll be like dings in our door. Drywall has been affected. So that's what you're dealing with. And it's not that you're the only parent that's dealing with that. It's not that that kid is really naughty. It's just that we have to learn together. How can we get through this without this big of a store? Well, Amy, you were one of six kids. And so I also wonder, and your kids, your, the ages are so all over the place. So I even wonder if your mom and dad were to say the same thing to your little sister or to your big brother when he was a lot younger, would the same situation happen? Would they actually go into their room, think about what they did and find remorse? Like maybe, maybe well, not. Yeah. And who knows? And the thing is too, when we talk about all this and, and Claire was saying some of the things to not say, I was like, I've said every single one of those things. And I don't feel like a bad parent and I don't feel like I've messed this child up. I feel like we are really growing together. We're getting savvy on what he needs. We're good. I don't feel like my parents messed me up, you know, even though they didn't have all the information that we have. So we can make mistakes. And what we have learned before is that the most important thing is that there is a parent that they know they can depend on, they know is there, they know loves them, they're, you're, we're consistent. So our, the whole point of our podcast too is that we have to always, we're getting these experts on, we're getting this great advice, and then we need that reset of if you have said those things, that's fine. Now you know better. And I'm probably still going to make, you know, quote unquote mistake where I say something that she just said not to say. You guys, that's not the point. Like the point of this podcast is not perfection. The point is learning. Claire taught us strategies that actually work. And for that, I am very, very thankful. And we've said, we've already plugged them in. They're working. Um, But the idea of just having that grace with yourself of like, I had no idea. It's not like your baby gets delivered and the card says, okay, gluten allergy, uh, big reactor, X, Y, and Z, and you have your playbook for life. You You go and you learn and you learn with them. And then you do the best you can. And you are always there. You're consistent. You're here listening, which means you care. And you go from there. The beautiful thing about this podcast is that we're able to talk to incredible people like Claire and learn the things that we hadn't tried. And then we're normal people. I think that's what Everyday makes people. our mm-hmm. podcast different is I'll learn when it's an expert talking to an expert and that's great. And it's beautiful. I've learned so much. I'm grateful. But what makes our podcast different is we're like, we've screwed that up. I've done that. Oh, I did the exact opposite of what she just said. I cry. Abby cries. We figure this out and we present ourselves in a way of we're learning right alongside of you.